Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. God calls us to a life of self-denial. And in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition. So a life of self-denial is a life of selflessness. Remember Jesus' example? His example was he humbled himself. He left aside deity and he became a man. He served us. This idea of denial. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet In today's message from Luke, Pastor Ed teaches us that in order to be Christ's disciples, we must deny ourselves. This means that we have to forsake our wants, wishes, and desires in exchange for the Lord's will. In other words, Jesus' followers serve the needs of others first. The beautiful part about Jesus' call to selflessness is that our Lord and King showed us how to do it first. Jesus emptied himself of divinity for us and died on the cross to save us. Because of Christ's example, we can follow his selfless lead. Now here's Pastor Ed with part one of today's message entitled, The Cost of Discipleship. The gift of salvation is 100% free. There is nothing that you could do to earn it. There's nothing you could do to acquire it. It's a gift. But that gift, once you receive it, changes, transforms your life. We could have never earned our way to heaven, an eternal home with God forever and ever. Nothing we could have done could have ever possibly given us that standing with God. But God gives it to us as a free gift. But when he gives us to us as a free gift, he calls us to be his disciples. Now the word disciple means a learner. That's what a disciple is. A disciple would come alongside of a rabbi. He would spend time with the rabbi. Not only would he learn the Torah, not only would he learn the Old Testament, but he would learn how to live the way the rabbi lived. And when Jesus calls us into discipleship, he is calling us to live the way he lived. We are to live like the Savior. Uh, Take him as our model, as our example. Now, our culture is a culture that shies away from commitment. We want to be non-committal. We want all of our options open. We want to be able to say, no, I want this door and that door, and I want to keep this option. Jesus is saying 100%. All your eggs in one basket. Discipleship. From this passage of scripture, I believe that we are called, as the text says, to follow Christ. We're called to follow Christ. Come after me. Follow me. What does it mean to come after Christ? What does it mean to follow Christ? I believe that it is an ongoing, deepening call. In Matthew's gospel, 
In chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother. And they were casting that into the lake, for they were fishermen. He says, come, follow me. Jesus said, I'll make you fishers of men. Notice, come, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. What Jesus was saying was, he was calling them to a deeper discipleship. If you study the call that Jesus made to his disciples, he first called them to a relationship with him that was sort of like a part-time relationship. They were following him and going back to the fishing trade. They were involved with him. But then he calls them to leave everything. That's the way it is with those who journey with God. The longer you walk with God, the more God will ask of you. The Dales will know what I'm talking about. I remember when I was first saved, I was real happy to get saved, and then they told me that I should go out on the street corners because, you know, Brother Rapecki and Johnny D. was gone, all these people out on the street corners. And I said, well, I don't know. I don't want to go out on the street corners. You know, you're going out on McDonald Avenue. You're going out on King's Highway. You're going on all these major intersections. So I said, I don't, I don't know if I want to do that. They said, well, don't worry about it. All you have to do is give out tracks. I thought, okay, that's not too bad. So we went out on the street corners, and I gave out the tracks. And after a while, it was, it was pretty good. I liked that. And then you'd go out again. And they said, well, you should have a testimony now. So I had to take the mic and give a testimony on the street corners in Brooklyn. And then they asked you to do a little more. And before you knew it, I remember kneeling on, a, on the sidewalk on, alongside McDonald Avenue, leading a couple of people to Christ. The call became more with time. When Jesus calls us to follow him, he's calling us to a deeper and deeper commitment with the passage of time. He says, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Have to ask ourselves the question, are we pulling our weight or are we just around for the ride? Are we pulling our weight or are we just around for the ride? God, you saved me. But you didn't just save me to get me to heaven. Now, you did do that. And, man, we're going to be eternally grateful for that. But you also saved us to do something for you. You also saved us to serve you. Now, we are conscious that it cost deeply to follow Christ. And then, are we willing to pay whatever it takes? We are called to follow him, but when we're called to follow him, it's a call not only to follow him, it's a call to be with him. He called the twelve, the disciples, to be with him, the text says. And then in John chapter 15, it says, uh, you are the branches, and if a man remains in me and I in him, he'll be a much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So we're called to be with Christ. So many times, what happens in our lives is we become more like Martha and less like Mary. Remember Mary and Martha? Martha's busy in the house, getting the meal ready, getting everything ready for all the guests. And she's doing a good thing. She's serving the Lord. But Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet. And she's listening. And 
Jesus corrected her, said, you're distracted, you're caught up with so many things. You know, it's, sometimes we get busy. It's been busy for me the past month because we would travel down to Harrisburg, come back, wanted to be with Pastor Morris as he was going through that crisis time, then a lot going on in the church. And, and sometimes you get home at night and you just put your head on the pillow and you're, you're out. It's like, just like some of you are now. <laughs> I thought that'd wake you up. (laughs) But you get so busy that you forget to hear. You get so busy that you forget to respond. And you forget that God calls you to be with him, to fellowship with him for a time of intimacy. We think about an old song, what a friend we have in Jesus. Are we really his friend? Sometimes in relationships, they grow distant, and then they come back closer later on. But do you ever have like a best friend, close friend? You talk to him on a regular basis on the phone, maybe every week, every month, you're just in communications. Maybe it's a family member. And all of a sudden things happen, and you haven't talked to them in a long time. And sometimes that's what happens in our relationship with God. Not that we're not praying, but that closeness, that intimacy. We are called to be with him. See, Jesus wants more than just contact with us. He wants communion with us. This intimacy, this relationship with him. That's what he's calling us to do. So there's the call to follow Christ. It's a call to deep, intimate friendship with him. It's a call to follow him. But we are also called to deny ourselves. In the text, he must, the disciple must deny Himself. That is so hard. All of us, our lives center around ourselves. All of us are tempted again and again to think about ourselves, to pamper ourselves, to be concerned about. Imagine if for one week you could just forget about yourself. I mean, you're not thinking about how this person treated me or what this person said, or you're not thinking about the pain in your uh, elbow or in your neck, or you're not thinking about uh, what's going on over here. I mean, you just simply forget about yourself. God calls us to a life of self-denial. And in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition. So a life of self-denial is a life of selflessness. Remember Jesus' example? His example was he humbled himself. He left aside deity and he became a man. He served us. This idea of denial. Sometimes God tells you something very, very hard and you don't want to hear. You close yourself. That happened in the Gospel of St. John. Jesus preaches a difficult sermon. And you know his preaching style is still the same. He still speaks difficult things to his children. In John chapter 6, it says, the disciples, on hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. 
Sometimes when God speaks hard things to us, we just sit on the sideline and we no longer really follow him. God, you've offended me. God, what you're asking from me is just too, too hard. If we're going to follow him and be his disciples, we must deny ourselves. That means that we must at times be selfless, willing to live for God. God teaches us that example. He teaches us to live that way. In uh, Luke 9, 24, it says, For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake, for me, will save it. A willingness to lose our lives. Try it for one week. I mean, be bold and try it for one month. Try to live a life. Surrender to him, saying, God, your will, your way. It's also sacrificial because to deny ourselves is to deny ourself. It's selflessness, but it's also sacrificial. In Romans 12, 1, Paul says... Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice to be able to give everything we have to Jesus. At the end of the day, when you walk out at the end of the service, what difference does a church service make? What difference in all of our lives? Because I'll say to myself, Lord, I've preached these sermons. What difference does it make in my life? Your word, what difference does it make? And I think as a congregation, when we come face to face with the word of God and he calls us to live a sacrificial life, what would your life look like this week if suddenly you said to God, God, you have my checkbook. God, you have my time. God, you have all of my resources. God, everything I am, I'm giving to you. I'm going to offer myself a living sacrifice. The problem is we bring ourselves to the altar of sacrifice and we place ourselves there and five minutes later, we take ourselves off the altar. God says, I want all that you are and all that you have. I like what Oswald Chambers said. He said, Our notion of sacrifice is the wringing out of something we don't want to give up, full of pain and agony and distress. The Bible's idea of sacrifice is that I give as a love gift the very best thing I have. What is the best thing you have? What's the thing that you think most about? What do you treasure most? What occupies your thinking most? What has your heart the most? Would you give that to God if God said, Son, daughter, would you give it to him? Or would you say, Oh, no, God, everything but that. Sacrifice. Giving ourselves fully to him. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will save it. The idea of denial. Then the idea of the cross, taking up our cross. Again, verse 23 says, take up your cross once a year. No. Oh, all right. (laughs) Daily. Take it up every single day. Now, when Jesus called you, he called you to die. 
He did. When Jesus calls us to follow him, he's calling us to die. When he says, take up a cross, where do you take a cross to? To the place of crucifixion, where you literally die. And you say, Lord, here I am. Now, what do we die? We die to our old purposes. Uh, There was a time that we lived for ourselves, so we die to the purpose of the old life. In Galatians 2.20, it says, I've been crucified with Christ, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. God, you have my lips. Nothing will come out of my mouth that isn't pleasing to you. I'll say nothing that is not honoring to you. Lord, the word of God will be a guard on my lips. God, my thinking, oh God, I'll bring every thought into the captivity of the obedience of Christ. I'm going to live for the purpose of the kingdom. See, if Christians, if all of us would suddenly live this out, we would turn our community upside down. We would change our own lives as well as the lives of those around us. This call to deny ourselves, I mean, my agenda, I give it to you, God. My purpose is, I give to you, I'm willing to die. Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane, and what does he pray? Not my will, but whose will? Can we say that? Your will be done, Lord. I want you to write that over your home, your family, your time, your talents. Your will be done, Lord, not my will. I pray very often for our church. Lord, may your will be done at Faith Assembly as it is in heaven, completely, fully. God, may your will be done in my house, in my life. The will of God is so important, and sometimes it's not easy to do it. But we're to die to our own agenda. We're to die to the old nature, our flesh, our passions. It says, those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the sinful nature with his passions and desires. From now to the grave, you have to deal with the world, the flesh, and the devil. Until they say, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, You have an old nature you have to deal with. And Paul speaks about that in the book of Galatians. He said, they have crucified that old nature with his passions and desires. Demas in the Bible was uh, a companion of the Apostle Paul. And to become a companion of the Apostle Paul, you had to have some things together. I mean, you had to have some good qualities about you. And Demas did. Over time, his heart changed. How many know that over time, your heart can change? I mean, you could start the race off well. You could start off with the right motives. But this flesh is so frail and weak that constantly we have to tend to it and let God work in our lives. We have to pray, search me, O God, and know my heart. And Demas, after a while, he falls in love with the world. 
In 1 John chapter 2, it says, Do not love the world, nor the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away, and also its lust. But the one who does the will of God abides forever. And what does it say about Demas? In the book of Timothy, 2 Timothy 4.10, Demas, having loved this present world, has deserted me. What a tragic statement over Demas's life. See, we don't change the message. The message changes us. The gospel changes us. If you and I are going to follow Christ... That means that we're willing to say, Lord, and I, now we can't do it in our own strength. It takes the grace of God to live this Christian life. It's just not a matter of, you know, just working up our will and working up our volition. It's, it's not a matter of just trying to, you know, think uh, in such a way that, boy, I'm, no, it's more than that. It's, it's committing ourselves again and again to Christ. It's asking him, oh, Lord, help me to crucify this flesh. God, I respond to this test. I respond to this trial. I respond to this, Lord, by laying myself at the altar. And I say, here I am, God. Have your way. Show me how to live this Christian faith, how to live it out. In Luke 4.33, it says, In the same way, any of you who does not give up everything, he has, cannot be my disciple. Now that doesn't mean that you go to the bank and you sell your home and you sell everything, but it means that none of those things captivate and hold your heart. Only one thing holds you, it's God. He has your heart. And you hold on to everything loosely. It's God that gives it's God that takes my life. It's in his hands. This was written, we've heard it before, but I want to read it again. It was written in the back of a Bible of an African. And it said this, I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have Holy Spirit power. The die has been cast. I've stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I am a disciple of his. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense, and my future is secure. I am finished and done with low living, sight Walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tame visions, mundane talking, chintzy giving, and dwarfed goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, or popularity. I don't have to be first, tops, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by presence, lean by faith, love by patience, lift by prayer, and labor by power. My face is set. 
My gate is fast. My goal is heaven. My road is narrow. My way is rough. My companions few. My guide reliable. My mission clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded or delayed. The Gospels are grand central station for learning about Jesus, which is the single most important part of our lives as Christians. Please join us each day as Pastor Ed teaches through the Gospel of Luke. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you can find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Building in Faith and to access the archive of messages, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Building in Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, We want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Building in Faith.